Coming up on this week's episode of the Zenial Odyssey Podcast. I wanted to come on here and uh, do a show that's just dedicated to him. I haven't met a lot of people that the minute I met them, I'm like, oh, he's one of the good ones. Yes. He knew death was coming and he was like, I'm going to face this. Surgery and procedures that are not legal in the United States. Welcome. This one's for Pat. Good afternoon, everybody. Bobby Rocks here, w- joined as always with Remy. Hi, and I'm uh, eating Munchkins. We're gonna do a little, a uh, little something different on this episode today. Um, for people out there who may or may not remember, in one of the early episodes, I talked about uh, our good friend Pat, Pat McDonough, known as DJ Pat, known as DJ Bean. Well, today is actually. Um, sadly the five-year anniversary uh since his passing so i wanted to come on here and uh do a show that's just dedicated to him and a big reason because of that not just because without that i mean i think remy and i we wouldn't have the idea to even do this yeah um we wouldn't have a background in anything uh but most importantly um pat was born the same year as me he fits into the zennial category but to me he epitomized everything that was good about millennials that that that's yeah, that's what i think pat was um you know to give a little context bob was invited on a radio show that pat did called where you've been and bob was kind enough to be like you know remy's a jackass but he lives and bleeds music and that's what where you've been was it was a music show um that played deep cuts from 90s albums come on phone now's not the time but I remember Bob had invited me, and I always wanted to do radio. I'm obsessed with music, and I love the idea of just being able to talk and banter about it. <clears throat> but I was nervous because when you're invited into a vibe, um, you can sometimes be the Band-Aid. You can sometimes be the thing that stands out if there's already a gel and a flow. And there was to how they they did their show. It was amazing. But the thing was exactly what what Bob just said is Pat was pure. I haven't met a lot of people that the minute I met them, I'm like, Oh, he's one of the good ones. Yes. He's a Muppet in a world of zombies. Like, you know what I mean? Just for yeah. his purity and his kindness. And Pat was goofy, but there was such a, a charm to him. Um, but the thing is, 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 and there's a point to this, is within an episode, I felt comfortable with these guys. And that's, uh, that's a kudos to Pat. And we'll go, we'll go more into that specific thing, because uh, I do feel like that no matter who you talk to, the one thing that will come across to people or what people would say about Pat is that it's almost immediate. He makes, he made you feel like yeah. you'd known each other forever and it was, a, it was a comforting thing. Yeah. And he was like happy to see you. Pat yes. had this way of being happy to see you. Not a lot of people do it where he'd be like, Oh, and he'd come up and give you a hug, make a few inside jokes that you had with him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Pat's, Pat's passing for me. And, and it's not to make it, about me because it's not at all but it, it was it was brutal I, I didn't go to the service I, I didn't and I regret those things but I also understand why I did those things but yeah he's just a beautiful beautiful dude and the radio show was such a shit show oh yeah it was, but it was, it was a masterpiece it was a beautiful shit show yeah like like you know what I'm gonna have Bob and Bob's probably gonna do this anyway link some clips in here 
of the radio show. I can do it. Yeah, I can do a little bit of that. Um, Naeem, who was super fan, who lives out in L.A. Or, Has it all capped. Oh, yeah. He was. He used to cloud. He used to do it cloud-based, even back in like 2011. What an amazing person. Um, and he's posted things every now and then. Uh, he tends to post around the anniversary of his passing or his birthday. Um, there was an, a time, 2016, that is the, um, no, 2017, sorry. Uh, in the fall of 2017 was um, Alumni Weekend at Bridgewater State. Yeah. And where, um, by the way, where the radio state, where the radio show was yep. out of. Mm-hmm. And we did a, a remembrance show to Pat. Mm. And that was uh, awesome because Andy Mounter, uh, I love, I love Andy Mounter. Andy Mounter, um, I met through Pat. Mounter. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was the joke. Andy, not gonna mount out. I remember. Yeah. So. But yeah, I don't want to go on and on again. I want to tease a little bit because there's so much area to cover. Mm-hmm. So we'll do our usual, play a song. I think, uh, I think you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go on Soundstripe. I'm going to find a song that is reminiscent of World Party. Of World, you know, no, 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 of no, World Party. Because that was, that was the intro song for yeah. Where You Been. And we'll play that. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about that uh, on the XOP. And as always, everybody, welcome to the Odyssey. Welcome. This one's for Pat.
All right, welcome back. Spiraled ham. Spiraled ham. Uh, rum ham. <laughs> rum ham. Rum ham. Yes. All right. Floating at sea. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know. Do you want me to do you want me to just jump off? I yeah, mean, man, start, start something. Okay. I mean, you know, let's just let it flow, I think. All right. So for people who don't know, if I haven't mentioned it before on the show, I first met Pat in 1999. We were uh, juniors in high school. He, asten- he attended Cardinal Spellman in Brockton. He's from uh, the town of uh, Hanson, Massachusetts. And I lived in the town of East Bridgewater, and we just happened to decide to work. We didn't know each other before this. We just happened to apply and get hired by uh, a Shaw supermarket, which is a New England chain mm-hmm. of supermarkets. And we worked at the one in Hanson, Massachusetts. Shout out, Hanson. Mbop. And uh, Pat was one of the people that worked in the grocery department. I I had a friend from high school who worked, and he was like, yeah, get back here. And so one of the things they do is you shadow you shadow people who work, and mm-hmm. you learn how to do your job. And I would shadow everybody, but when I would shadow with Pat, I mean, he would just be, he was just so inviting. He just... Uh, He's just so so nice and helpful, and then uh, we would uh, bond over music, and and uh, I mean, our we could just talk about music all day. And my favorite thing is then we go on break, and he would always go to the deli and get turkey and provolone on a, like a bulgy roll, right? Yeah. Those memories, yes. So we worked there together for about two years, and then uh, kind of went our, our separate ways. And uh, I believe we both went to Massasoit Community College, and we huh. would we would cross paths, and oh hey Pat, what's going on? And then. I graduated from there and I went to Bridgewater State and I was doing my program <clears throat> and through a mutual friend of mine, uh, we were in class. There's another friend of hers and we just would strike up conversations. And then she actually had the show on the Sunday night before Pat did, before it was Where You Been. She called it That's So Boss. But it yeah, was, I remember you guys. Yeah. It was a similar setup. It was 90s music. Her name is Rachel Mashad, by the way. Uh, and she actually invited me on that show. And she said, oh, yeah, I hosted with two other guys. You know, um, you know, they're from the area. Like, you know, this, that. I said who you were. And, uh, oh, do you know Pat McDonough? And I was like, uh, yeah. Is he on the show? Yeah. So, again, I went up there. I mean, uh, we had their great, oh, it's so great to see you all that. And we would do the shows. And, you know, I would just have those awkward moments and terrible uh, faux pas, you know, chewing gum on the microphone. All that stuff, yeah. Uh, just getting over the awkwardness of doing a show. And uh, realizing that who gives like like this, for example, even uh, this was my mindset. If people are listening, it's fine. Um, you're not here. I was self-conscious about that, but I got over it. Yeah. And, and that's when I got comfortable. And then we started to form a flow. And when Rachel graduated, the show went to Pat. Yeah. OK. And so Pat changed the name to Where You Been. He kept the format the same. And then uh, because of my work schedule, I was infrequently on there. But then uh, I got a work schedule where I had Sunday nights off. So I would go to uh, the radio station and at Bridgewater State University and we would just go on and we would just play music. He started to get interns, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. And my favorite is, uh, and I'll shout out Intern Kelly, but my favorite about Intern Kelly is literally she told us like, she told us before we went on the air. So we're playing music, but we're not talking. And she told us that like, oh yeah, you know, I just see, I'll just kind of jump in where I can and all that. And so we're backstage, we're just, we're in the little area where Pat used to sit and we're just picking songs left and right, all this stuff. And we're picking obscure tracks, all this. We're game planning on the fly, how we're going to approach talking about it. And then we did. And like, then we kicked it to her and she, there was like that cricket silence. And then there was this, uh, in five minutes, you guys have humbled me and just your knowledge of nineties music. Yeah. Deep cuts. Yeah. And I'm literally like, well, you know, it goes beyond matchbox 20. So <laughs> like, yeah, we tormented yeah. her. You know what? In hindsight, intern Kelly, funny character, man, funny character. 
this androgynous girl who's like I, it's it's and you know said with love that's her but but it was interesting because we were grown-ass men she was a kid yeah we're literally 10 years older than she is so yeah. it's like eh. but you know there was a, there was a, a, a desire to learn but she was definitely the babe in the woods a lot and we like you know that's the thing about an intern right you kind of make that obvious Except when she would talk about going to uh, Club Hell. Well, yeah, that was the most interesting thing about her. She's like this little nerdy girl, and then she's like, fetish night. Yeah. And every three like episodes, she's like, yeah, so I had a ball gag in my mouth, and these three guys behind me were like, hey, I don't know if we can tell those stories yeah. on here, though. Uh, okay. Yeah, and then one day I was just like, no, nah, forget it. I can't tell right, that so, story. So now, what, now I'll bring it back around to Pat. So I think we did, the, he, we did the show until like 2013, and then he graduated from Bridgewater State, Bridgewater. and he, um, he was going to go to school because he he reached out to me uh several months after that and he told me he was going to school in boston for uh radiology like he wanted to do radiology and he wanted to incorporate music into it when he would work with patients who were sick or ill that's or, cool or had cancer or anything and the last i spoke with him was around 2000 late 2013 early 2014 and what happened is between between a lot of that time i moved i got a full-time job that was far away and then i moved in with my girlfriend we got engaged and then i remember pat had always said that if uh if if i wanted or needed a dj that he would dj the wedding uh for people who don't know he actually dj'd my brother's wedding and that's what the thought was in my mind so i would reach out to him and then i wouldn't hear back and i would reach out and i wouldn't hear back which isn't common for yeah and that's not common at all and then one day uh good mutual friend tony deluca tony d for people who remember where you've been he reached out to me and he um he just was very vague and he had said, well, Pat has been sick. He's been in and out of the hospital. So that, that's why I just wanted to give you that heads up. And I'm like, all right. And then Pat randomly texted me and was just like, I'm so sorry. I just I was in the hospital. Uh, please don't be disrespected by that. And so he goes, such a good dude. Yeah. Give me a call. So I gave him a call. And to me, the first tell was that his voice, his voice was very like weaker, weak and trembly. And he did not have a voice like that. And so he was telling me that about his hospitalization and and I told him I was getting married and want to be and you could hear in his voice like there was that change of like a humility like oh wow and so then he said yeah we can meet up but I may be going in and out of the hospital and it took about six seven months but we finally met up yeah and when we met up by that point um Tony D had said that um Pat had cancer and he was just fighting through it uh, but he, it was his wishes to keep it private. I respected that. So mm-hmm. yeah, he, I had no idea. Yeah, he was living with his mom in Duxbury. So he said, "Oh yeah, you know, come, you can come get Enough me." For me, I'd seen a, not to interrupt, but um, I'd seen a, a picture of him, and he had just lost so much weight. Yes, and there was no context for it, and um, I don't think I. I don't think I let the synapses connect that he was ill. I think I just was like, oh, and he grew a beard because he never had facial. Yeah, hair. but I was like, this he just got like got his shit together, you know? Because I'm he a just big went guy. To- he just went total hipster. Right? Yeah, but no, he was struggling yeah. and he was keeping it to himself. It, it, it's heartbreaking. Yep. And so, um, he comes out and yeah, he is he's very very gaunt. very very gaunt and and skinny, and he has um. He has something hooked to his arm, which he later told me was like vitamins and uh, might have been just like a timed out uh, like chemo treatment mixed in there, too. Yeah. Um, and so we went out to eat. And um, the thing that was just amazing is he could put it on. He could turn it on. He could still turn it on. It's Pat. And so we turned it on and he downplayed how serious his cancer was. And he was very optimistic that he was going to get over it. And then a random person who was just walking through there with their family saw him, grew up with him. 
they stopped. They said, oh, hey, Pat, That's how's Pat. it going? And just went with that. And then, in typical Pat fashion, we ended the day by going to Plymouth to go to a record store. Of and course. And pick through vinyls. Vinyl. And he had to cut it. Short. He was he was polite about it, but he just said he was getting tired. And I said, okay, that's fine. Yeah. And I remember my drive back home in silence. Just of kind course. of like like it was great to see him and all that. And um You felt something. Yeah. Though. He he did but he also did tell me that uh, because of uh, the treatment he was going through, he had to sell his car, all of his equipment. And I said, oh, Say no more. You were invited just as a guest. Like and I and I feel and I told him I feel bad and he and he's like don't feel no no like I told you a long time ago I could do it and that's fine but I invited him as a guest he came to my wedding he had a great time good uh, and then he came with Tony and Tony took him home and sadly about six months later he uh, he died and I found out through uh, Tony D um, I found out through you yeah and Tony D told me on a Saturday uh, it was really just a quick message like a oh uh, yo dude Pat Pat died last night and I feel numb and so I called him. And uh, he was at work, so I felt kind of bad because he he broke down on the phone, and I said, "I'm I'm sorry, Tony." Like, because I know your work and all that, and so we met up. We went to his uh, we went to his funeral. We went to his wake. Uh, his wake was what you would think a wake would be. I mean, they played. Uh, they basically played without the the talking bits of where you've been. They just it sounded like when we were on the radio and we were just doing re- like we were just playing song after song after song. Yeah, and they played that throughout the entire funeral home, like on surround sound. Wow. And it was just, it was all like uplifting kind of music, the more yeah. positive and uplifting music. That was him though. And I had never, uh, I, there were so many people we mutually knew that I hadn't seen in almost 20 years. I and mean, we were just wow. picking up and we're all there for that. And I got to meet his dad. I'd met his dad maybe once. Mm-hmm. And I met his, uh, I'd never met his mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I sadly meet his mom is when in the line greeting people by yeah. the casket. It's awful. Uh, and she just, she literally, uh, like Tony introduced me and she just goes, Bobby rocks. and just gives me a big hug. Yeah. And it's just like, I have, Oh, like I've waited so long to meet you. Like, and she said, and I want to thank you for taking Pat out that day, that day, like a year ago, because that meant so much to him. Uh, and it was just, it was wonderful. And even and, at in his, the most painful way. Yeah. And even at his funeral, <laughs> uh, by the way, for people who don't know his sister, Colleen, uh, his sister, Colleen did the eulogy and I've never, I've never seen someone show that much strength. Wow. I've never seen somebody be that composed and I've never seen someone deliver something as eloquently as she did. So wow. Colleen, Colleen Hurst did a great job. Uh, she talked about things like literally when Pat had hospice. So for people who don't know what hospice is, that's when you're going to die. I mean, that's end of life care, uh, preparing for the end of life care. So she said when he would have hospice nurse co- it's coming, like this is, this is to give you an idea of how awesome Pat was <laughs> with a smile on his face. He would say to the nurses, you know, uh, if you're not looking for a long-term relationship, I'm your guy. <laughs> like come on like yeah pat. and she so she says this at the eulogy and i'm like that is that is awesome that's like, brilliant and that's pat yeah that's pat because um Ugh. he never let he never really let people know like if he was having a bad day he never let them know uh, he would try to use his energy to pick other people up. yes always yes like he'd see me down one sunday and like between songs would be like dude you good like and that's just that's pat you don't understand this there's so come on ram are you good come on we're gonna go get crab but of course he'd get me out of the mood though because there was a purity to him um and yeah i understand for a lot of people this might be strange because we're gushing about someone you don't know but the point i think that that bobby's making um is you all should have known him yes 
just and very few people in my life I've lost people Bobby's lost people but this was an a cataclysmic loss for the world mm-hmm. and we knew that like there was a selfish level of like what like when Bob first told me there was a, there was like two hours of denial for me because there was no warning which that's how Pat wanted it God bless that that's mm-hmm. one of the strongest things I've ever seen anyone do if I had cancer if I if I went home and had an announcement of cancer right now in like the mail. That shit would be on my TikTok. That sh- only because I don't know how to do things privately. Yep. Yep. I don't. I've been in social media for 10 years. But I remember being like, that dude, that Spartan-like strength. He knew death was coming mm-hmm. and he was like, I'm going to face this. He did everything. For people who don't know too, um, so he, his cancer was uh, fib- fibromalamar. It's got a longer name, but that's what I can pronounce. It's a rare cancer of the liver that affects primarily affects people from their mid-teens to their mid-30s. Wow. And we're talking about a very specific window. Uh, window. And yeah, he um he was diagnosed with stage 4. Jesus. Which is the which is the that's that means it's spread yeah, in yeah, other places in the body. Yeah. Um and he fought it for 3 years. Wow. And in those 3 years by the way, everybody, um he was put on chemo, gave him a negative reaction, was turning into ammonia. In his body, so it was, poison. wow, it was poisoning, it was poisoning him. him more than chemo poisons your body because that's how it kills cancer. Everybody. Yeah, um, he went with his with his mom and his aunt over to Tel Aviv, Israel, to do surgery, surgery and procedures that are not legal in the United States. Wow, yeah, and he would, and he, and to, and so if you were to see his Facebook at that time, his Facebook is like he's on the beaches of Tel Aviv. Yeah, you like meant, like you would, no... you would think like and he wow. and he, yeah you would just think he's like oh wow I wish I could go to Tel Aviv and not know that he's literally doing experimental surgery to with keep like himself alive with the uh, DNA of his mom and his aunt wow like to to make a cocktail that would help him body his body fight off the cancer because at that point he had had uh, I believe seventy five percent of his liver uh, removed Jesus and he was cancer free for uh, a minute for yeah like three four five months and yeah. then he came back. And and it came back and it had spread again, uh, so yeah, it was kind of at that point. And like you know, he didn't let on. This is one of this isn't one of those like Pat did drugs or smoked cigarettes thing. You guys have to know this is this is a random shot. Listen, Pat's Pat's addiction was like Cumberland Farm sodas <laughs> and whatever food was in your parents' home <laughs> or, yeah, or at the rest, I mean, yeah Chinese. A running like, joke that I remember, I think Rachel uh, tells is a. Uh, like how they could they could just be up hanging out when they were like 18 19 years old and uh or like her mom would come home or, or wake her mom up and he would just turn on his patch arm and be like hey how about we uh you know how about we just like make some waffles or pancakes <laughs> like and then she would because it was pat he was just a sweetheart because well, that was a huge part of the show too doing the where you've been the huge part of that wasn't just the show but it was afterward we would go get chinese food and we would go to the same place every time and we were just so obnoxious we were. Yep. It was almost like reliving our twenties for me and Bob, who are older, because we were getting drinks at the Chinese food place, and we're making friends with people at the bar, and the waitresses are loving us. And it was this. There was something about Sundays that was jubilant, and people would pick up on it who didn't even know that we just came from a radio show. It was very, very surreal. So, Rem, I was actually thinking about this as I woke up earlier today. Do you know what Sundays were for me? Tell me. They were that day that I needed to recharge mm, for Be- work. Yeah, and because this, yeah. like the pot, like for example, everybody, the podcast here that we're doing, this gives me something that yeah, is exactly. completely off. It's completely, 
it's something so 180 from my the monotony of my life or my work life that it really gives me something. It gets all that stuff goes away. It gives me something that I'm looking forward to and I recharge. That's what Sundays on where you bent yeah. did. Um, and then like Remy was saying, when we would hang out like that, uh, those were moments that me that as an adult, it was okay to be a child. Oh, 100%. Which by the way, by the way, this is regardless of what, uh, excuse me, generation you're from. Uh, everybody needs that moment where they can be a child again. The people who allow you to be that. That that uh that keeps you close to that purity and doesn't let you get just run down by life. And it actually helps you. It for me spiritually, emotionally, that helps you. And that's what when we would go to the Chinese restaurant. Yeah. That's what it did for me. And you know it's funny. I can say this openly. I'm I'm open with people about my mental health battles. I've had BPD, bipolar disorder my whole life, um, and I've struggled with it. And, you know, I've gotten a good balance and I, I get stuff done. But I definitely have periods in my life where I'm just like very um, introverted, don't want to leave the house, mm -hmm. don't want to. And the thing is, is like I probably missed two radio shows. For me, which is remarkable considering yeah. like it was pretty common for me to bail on plans and be bummed out and not want to. And even the weeks I would be bummed out, I would go. Because within 20 minutes of being around you guys. You and, would just get that shot of serotonin. Yeah, and don't yeah. forget, it was deep cuts. What we're trying, Guys, when we say deep cuts, man, the mute, I will say this to people till the day I die. Where You Been was the best fucking radio show musically ever made. Yep. I'll stand behind that. One, I promise you. Like, oh, you, we would go from deep cuts of Wu-Tang to deep cuts from... I mean, really think about this. Um, we would play Pulp. Who played Pulp? Pulp, Dandy Warhol's like... Shit that people just didn't, mm -hmm. didn't, and we're and we're saying we got mainstream bands, but we'd do deep cuts, and we'd all like bring a song a week. That was key that we knew wasn't in the rotation. For yep. me, it was a lot of Marcy Playground because mm -hmm. I knew that the people at the radio didn't understand how good that band I was. I thank you for that too, Remy, because I found Wave Motion Gun because oh, that, of you. That's and song. it's my favorite. It's my favorite song by them. I can play you that. It you is, know. and because I mean, you want to talk about like a song that just makes you feel good and should be a montage to like a, a, a moment in a movie where like, then you listen walking. to the lyrics yeah, though, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Climbing in the oven and shit. Yeah. Um, let me bring the guitar one week and I'll do that. Or shooting or shooting heroin. Shooting heroin. That explodes in your body that makes you feel like a wave motion gun yeah. from, from Battlestar. Uh, from um it? not Battlestar. Hold on. I, I almost feel like I have to sing the song now, like the uh, do, 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 Star, Star Blazers. Star Blazers, Star Blazers. yes. Yeah. Yep. Star Blazers. Yeah, that's um, but we all did that. We all brought yep. stuff and introduced new shit, you know, and it was and that was Pat. Pat was just jubilance and he was joy and he was the embracing of 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 music and of people and of conversation and of food. Like he was a holiday. Pat was a holiday. Yep. If me and Bob are, we're Sunday, right? We're just the Sunday guys. Pat always made you feel like he was showing up for Easter Thanksgiving. There was food on the table and he's sharing his Twizzlers. And yeah, it was so, I know again, it's weird to gush about somebody, but mm -hmm. just the world needed to know. You could hear his smile on the radio when he was, when he was doing DJ, but, you could hear it. But now I want to, now I want to kind of, bring it back to uh, kind of some characteristics he had. We've talked about his optimism. That is a millennial trait. I mean, that is millennial, yeah. millennial, millennial. Name of the show, people. Uh, yeah. So the, but the other traits he had that were like millennials is, is like he was, he was carefree. He was responsible, but he was carefree yeah, at the was. same time. That is a very hard thing to be. Childlike. Yeah. And what I mean by that In is. In a good way. Is like he worked a job at Harvard. Like he was, he was, uh, I, I think he was a custodian, but that's irrelevant. Like, cause he DJed, he yeah. DJed in Boston. Yeah. And that's how I met other DJs. Uh, that's how I, I mean, he would just be like, Oh, do you just want to come out to like this bar by, um, by Suffolk university? My buddy DJ T-Rex is doing nineties night. 
And DG Tree Rex would let me do his like system that easily looked like it was like ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Like, yeah, pick whatever songs you want. I'd be like, oh, can I pick uh can I pick um Running by the far side, and he'd give me a look like you have to ask you that. Better. <laughs> while while basic while while basic bitches were like were like, can you play like that thong? And he's like looking at them like, no, no, yeah. <laughs> can you play apple yeah. bottom jeans? No, we're not going to do that. Yeah. So, um, and what I mean by his, uh, so he was uh, very spur of the moment thing. Like he'd literally be like, oh yeah, you know, uh, just I just felt like I must, you know, want to go to South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. I felt like I wanted to go to Coachella. I wish I was that impulsive. Yeah, it's like oh. Oh, I went to the Warp Tour. Oh, and look who I'm taking a selfie with. Chano Moreno from the Deftones. Deftones, yeah. And it's like, what? But that was yeah. Pat. Yeah, and, and honestly, Pat. like, it was a and, holiday. and these people don't look like a, they didn't look, these, if he had photos with uh, celebrities and they rock bands. They looked like regular people. They, it was like a, it was like even they had yes. known Pat for a long time. Yes, for real. Like, yeah. they'd be laughing in these photos. Mm-hmm. And like, the other thing is like, Pat was, how do I explain this? I'm not negging him, but he was, in terms of women, he was innocent. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And he was so pure. And like, he'd always like, if like Pat would be the first guy, if you saw a pretty girl, that he'd like punch me on the arm because he knew that I'd talk to them. Yep. So he'd be like, Mary, Mary, the redhead at the bar. And I'm like, what? He's just like, really? You're not nervous to say anything to it? I'm like, no, why yeah. would I be nervous? And that would blow his mind. And then we'd bring them over. And Pat was just, it was funny too, because he'd always react to beautiful women like, Oh my gosh! He would feel yeah, he would fawn over him. Yeah. But then you'd yeah. see his DJ gigs, and like he just have beautiful women around yeah. him in his photos. Yeah, he was just great at turning it on and off. Yeah, part, and it was like he never. He the thing about him is he never shifted into the slime bag. No, no, he didn't. And he could have as yep. a DJ. I'm sorry, but yep. it's an easy thing to do. He could have. He could have just so many ways, but he didn't. He just didn't because you know why? Because like we've been encapsulating, he was an angel. He was Pat. He was a yeah. unicorn. He was a unicorn. Yeah, he really was. Like, um, like you meet people rarely. Like yeah. my buddy, when I was in high school, unfortunately took his life, but he was another Pat. You know, you, I've only met two, but they're the kind mm-hmm. of person that if it, if they found out it was your birthday, and they didn't have something for you, they'd take off their fucking jacket and be like, "I don't give a shit. I'm sorry. Yep. Take this." Like that's what I mean. Like we're really trying to strive. To, like this is an honorary episode. Yes. To somebody mm-hmm. that I still cry about regularly yep. because when he passed. We all lost something. Yes. Everybody. But you know what, though? He passed so gracefully. And I've never seen that. I haven't. I've seen people, you know, whatever. But just, he just was like, I'm going to do this. And then, like, like, he knew. He knew when he saw you, he was passing. Mm-hmm. And he, you had no idea. That's yep. Pat. Carrying the weight. The, uh, so come at it from a different angle. Um at his physically weakest, he was emotionally his strongest. Yeah, ooh, ooh. which is yeah, and I know I just went deep there, but it's true. Yeah, wow. But it's true. No, no, well and, said, well said. And like like the great people in in our lives, if if any of you out there have a person that even comes close to how, what Pat was, oh, go hug th- them right now. Th- not just that, but think about he, you know why he was being that strong. He was being that strong for, for his us. mom oh, and yes. for us. Yes, yes, yes. He was yes. being that strong for the people around him who had to see it happen. Yes. yes. Yes, it was actually happening to him, but he was doing everything he could to not wear it, to not to not have a constant reminder for them. Yeah, man, it's thinking just... about other people in the face in the face of your own mortality that is that is the epitome of like a great person. Yeah, and it's the opposite of me. Like, and I'm aware of that. I don't mean like I'm a good person and stuff, but in those instances, I'd just be like, everybody hug me and help me. I can't imagine it. I yeah. can't. So sometimes when I think about strength. 
he's the model I think of now because of all that. And regardless of what society, the the stereotypes they give about millennials, that's what what, what I just explained, what we've been talking about about Pat, that's what a millennial is. Yeah. That people don't want to give older millennials. I've said before to people, like somewhere around 1990 is the cutoff. People born before it that are millennials are just, they are just different. It's a different claw. Than the people Because it born. was a different world though. And it, you're right. It yeah, is. Yeah, that was a big transition, but. Yeah, that's why, and that's why we talk about, that's why we talk about this and we use Xennials whether you think it's, it should be a word or a micro generation or not. We, we're, we're, we're unique. Yeah. We're, we're unique. Um, and so let's get back to like Pat passing. If this gives you an idea, I mean, so yeah, Facebook, uh, when he passed, I mean, number one, I realized that we had mutual friends from the people that I went to high school with. Yeah, that you had no and, idea. And I'm like, when the fuck do you become friends with Pat? And then people would comment on his uh, on his timeline, you know, about his passing. And this one this one person, um, she commented that they they met each other once on karaoke night at the Maui in Brockton. Yeah, and she was she's a huge Phil Collins fan, and as everyone should. Be. Yeah, and so she played whatever song she played. I don't remember, but he walked up to her, just genuinely geeking out, and they just they literally had like an hour conversation about Phil Collins. Can I speculate, please? Sure. Okay. So they had an hour discussion about Phil Collins karaoke. We got to keep some of this fun for the people. Sure. Okay. So you're at a bar. You're a huge Phil Collins fan. Okay. You're doing karaoke. Everyone, everyone listening to this is thinking in the air tonight. Stop. Stop thinking. Right. Stop it. That's a decent song, but the only part that makes it a good karaoke song is the drum fill. Yes. Okay. Karaoke songs should make people want to dance and shit. Um, Oh, I have the perfect song that if, if you're going to make people dance. Well, wait, before you right. say it, before you say it, because I want to see if we're even on the same page. Okay. Me, me and Bob don't discuss I mean, this. this is, I'm doing tears in my head. So this yes. is my number one song, but I do have other songs. I have a feeling, oh man, if we hit this, but because, okay, let's say it's karaoke, right? That means maybe, maybe there's two parts of this song. Maybe it's Easy Lover. Ooh, that was number two, by the way. Really? What yeah. was, what's yours? Oh, his cover of uh, You Can't Hurry Love. Oh, beautiful. I mean, that's... It's you, a good karaoke yeah, yeah, jam. Yeah. yeah. But you're feeling me too yeah. with um, Easy Lover. Easy Lover, She's by the way. the kind of girl you yeah. go to. Yeah. By the way, uh, Easily My Favorite Song. Oh, it's but, it, yeah. it's a fantastic song. So I can... That, I can see yeah. Pat coming up and being like... <gasps> and just going. Because that's the thing. Pat would make you fall more in love with music you were in love with. Yep. And so, by the way, this person, eloquently, eloquently... I'll, I'll even give her a shout out. Kelly Delaney. Kelly Delaney. Uh, you're... The way you 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 talked about how you met you met Pat once at a karaoke night, uh, you talked to him for an hour. It was literally like four years before he passed away, and you never forgot. and any 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 and knowing Pat, he probably friend requested you on Facebook, and you're you're a nice person, and it was like, oh yeah, the guy from karaoke, and like you remembered that. Uh, I, it was a beautiful thing, and it made me feel better. So thank you. Yeah, appreciated nice. that. We see you. Oh man, and we could uh, just keep. Yeah, I mean, we could, we could just keep going and going. And we, I think we have to be aware that there has to be a cutoff yeah. cut point for the people. Yeah. But um, I think for me, what I want to say right now is this. Okay, so Pat was profound, and I didn't get to hug him toward the end, and I didn't see him. So everybody listening to this has to have a Pat in their life or someone like a Pat or the closest facsimile mm-hmm. to a Pat. So all I ask that you do today is just call him, text him, stop by, give him a hug, bring him a coffee. Because mm-hmm. um, people who are loved need to know they're loved. And I know he did. So I never get sad about that. 
But I get sad I didn't get to express it enough in the end. So if you have these people yep. around, just remember, man, it's all fleeting here. And I mean, if I'm talking about emotional strings, I'm sorry because I'm not doing that. Um, in the last five years, I have lost the two people in my life that I would say are those unicorns. Yeah. And Pat is one of them and my father is the other one. <sighs> That's rough, man. And you know what? The last words I got to say to them both was I love you. There you go. And you know, and if you can have that moment, especially not just with any not a unicorn, like anybody you love and care about in your life, the last thing you can do is a, is like a hug and, a, and I love you. Then that makes to me that made it easier. You're winning. Yes. Yeah. So now I want to wrap up the I want to wrap up the episode with a bow. So kind Please of why do. are we just yeah are we paying homage to Pat yeah but why did we pay homage to Pat? The main reason is because without Pat we wouldn't be doing this podcast right now, and and I mean that like literally literally as as where you've been was wrapping up. Uh, Pat was talking to Remy and myself about uh, continuing it as like an online radio show. This was, by the way, this is before podcasts were a thing. Yeah, this is before this podcasts was... exploded. Yeah, truly. Like we would have had a, one of the first. Yeah, yeah. And um, and Remy and I would even talk and we would do a little talking with Pat that like, uh, like where you been is, is where you been. Like we need to do something different. Yeah. Um, and which, by the way, we're just saying would have been a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we off and on talked about it and then just life got in the way. And sadly, we weren't able to do that with Pat. No. And so to me, the most fitting way that I can pay tribute on a weekly basis uh, to all to, to him is to uh, do this podcast about something that was very important to him, very important to Remy and myself. And it to me, it feels like it keeps his spirit going while we do this. Yeah, I know it does. You had, you know, I this is something I've wanted to do for a while, but I knew that I would know when it was time. And Bobby had hit me up, you know, we talked about it a lot. And he said, listen, we're burning daylight, bro. Like mm -hmm. I've taught myself how to do all this in the last year or two. And I learned a lot of it from Pat too. So yep. like, I have the knowledge to do this in the equipment. Um, how do you feel? And, you know, I think Bobby may have expected some hesitancy because I'm Remy. Um, and my desires generally to not leave my house. But um, I was like, yeah, you tell me when, you tell me where. I told him that and I meant it and it's happened since. Yep. I said, listen, man, this is because... Bobby put it wonderfully. This is, I mean, for me, my 2022 has been brutal. It's been brutal. Like I could tell some of you about it right now, but half of you would jump out of a window if I told you about my 2022. Um, well, for a little self-disclosure here, I know. And Remy, thank you for being brave enough to put out your mental health yeah, issues. Yeah, so man. I feel like I have to, I have to put it forward. So, I mean, I've, I've suffered with uh, persistent depressive disorder formerly known as dysthymia for a long time and for people who don't know if they're like well what does that mean i i would say like uh for, well for somebody who has experienced clinical depression i would say it is not that intense but just imagining it continuing for a longer yeah period exactly of time. exactly imagine not being able to pull the yeah. wet blanket off imagine every day being an overcast cloudy rainy day yeah cold like just imagine that every day there's no sunlight there's there's yeah and i mean that's that, that i i do i I take medication for it. I, oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm like many people. I went to school to learn about what was wrong with me because I did. I, I did. Um, a little side note. Anybody who goes to school for psychology at some point is trying to analyze themselves. Oh, yeah. Of course. That's why I got the degree. It's, it's where it starts. But, um, yeah, no. I, I, and I think that it's, it's so, so these little things are life-saving for me, honestly, mm -hmm. because I need more right now because everything is sort of unbalanced. Um, so... You know, as much as those shows, as much as those shows saved me when we used to do them, um, 
this is the rebirth of that for both of us. Yes. And it gives us a chance to keep his honor alive and essentially like keep ourselves from getting too trapped in our own heads. Right. I agree. You know? And so um, it sucks that sometimes it takes a tragedy. It sometimes it takes tragedy for something beautiful to come out of that. Yeah. Uh, but at least, you know, I, I, uh, I apologize to anyone who is is faithfully, devoutly religious. I mean this just as a spiritual standpoint. I am a spiritual person. I do believe, you know, in the astral plane. I do believe that he is, uh, he is with us in spirit, and and oh, I'm glad, yeah. and I'm glad that that is that. Like, and the only thing that's missing is that literally he's on another microphone here with us laughing. Yeah, uh, we don't have to go to break to laugh our asses off. No, and I'll tell you uh, this too, guys. Um, the show is awesome. It's somebody's uh, somebody who has a motorcycle, but they also uh, have a system on the microphone. Uh, and uh, a tiny microphone. penis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's be honest. If you need to rev your bike and play your music on your little fucking Uber, Uber Eats scooter, fuck you. Um, anyway, sorry, I'm violent and angry. But um, yeah, no, it, it's profound, and Pat's legacy will live on. The, the show was amazing, but it was a train wreck. And sometimes you'll hear me and Bobby talking over each other on here, not often, but it's because that's what we were reared on. Like, like we were all so geeky in that studio that like there wasn't even a cue. And I would try to set up a ball that we could roll to each other so we knew when to talk. We'd all just get too excited to talk over each other. So I promised you that this podcast isn't a shit show because of what we learned from Pat. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know? Yeah. Or maybe it is a shit show and we don't think it is, and that's fine too. But that's you know what? Then it's then it's avant-garde art. How about that, everybody? There you go. Yeah, yeah. we're pop art. Okay. So uh love you, Pat. I'm doing my point to the sky. Yes. Love you. Miss you on the anniversary of your passing. You are here. You are this show, yep. sir. And uh we just wanted to pay forward the your existence, your beautiful existence. Well said. Um and goofy, let la goofy laugh, big smile. And let everybody know that at least uh, I'll speak for myself here. Personally, my motivation to continue uh, putting this out there is knowing that that you would love it and enjoy it. Yeah, and it, it's, it's listen, it's your legacy. Yep. We're your legacy. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, you gave me one of the coolest experiences of my life by letting me be on the radio. I wanted that my whole life. I kept telling my family it was going to happen, and my fucking family, raised by boomers, is always like, you're just wanting things that aren't possible. And I said, no, you can manifest, man. You can put good energy out there. And I got called to be on a radio show with amazing people, played music I was so fucking proud of, with some of the nicest people I ever met. And yeah, this, this show is walking because we because Pat crawled. I agree. So All right. we love you, buddy. We yeah. miss you. We love you, buddy. Shout out um, to intern Kelly. Hey, stop being so fucking woke. You're yeah. really separating yourself from some of your friends by some of the crazy shit um, you say. Kelly, I love you too, but I had to mute you. I'm still friends with you, but I had to mute you. It's too much sometimes, um, girl. Yeah. And I, I, Kelly, I want you to come on the show too. Yes. I, I genuinely want you to be a part of a conversation that uh, we can have with you. I want you to be a part of this. Yeah. Um, but uh, that, that can be a talk for another day. Again, uh, thank you everybody for listening uh, grab that person that's like Pat in your life and love them and uh, as always um, thank you thank you for coming to the Odyssey but uh, the Odyssey has ended for today we appreciate you take care